Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Okay, listen, I know I should pray more. I pray some, I should pray more, but what happens? Fill in the blank, we don't make time. Something gets in the way. So here we are with Father Brian Norton, Jesuit priest. Hi, Tommy. Thanks yes. for having me. Are you looking for me to finish that? <laughs> I was, okay. yeah. Yeah, you, when yeah, I, I say hi, hi, you say hi. Okay, back. I dropped my, the ball already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. okay. Well, that took about two seconds. Bad omen. You know right. what happens when you bring a Jesuit on. I mean, it's... Well, <laughs> we're going to have a little discussion about prayer, which may sound like you've heard a lot about prayer You've done a lot of praying in your years or decades on earth, but what can we learn? Some things we just need to hear again or hear a new perspective. Mm -hmm. So Father Brian and I are going to have a little conversation. I'm going to ask some questions and we'll see what he thinks and I'll jump in and let's just get going. All All right. right, So here it it is, Father. All right. This time I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Look. God knows everything. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows what I'm feeling. Why should I even tell him things he already knows? Right. Yeah, no, it's a great uh, question, and it's true. God uh, knows us better than we know ourselves. Psalm 139, you search me, Lord, you know me. You know my resting and my rising before ever a word is on my lips. You know it through and through. And so it's true, uh, but I think what we want to do is perhaps reverse the perspective God already knows what I think and feel. The the what prayer does is it allows me to know what God uh, thinks and feels, mm. what God wants. And by opening my heart to God, by lifting up my heart to God, which I think is the essence of prayer, by making myself vulnerable before Him. Yes, I can come to know God's will more clearly for my life. I can appropriate more and more God's thoughts and and heart, uh, God's movements and actions become more and more my own as Christ uh, dwells in us more and more through his spirit. But then also I come to know myself more, right? That what Christ um, in revealing uh, the Father and his love uh, reveals us to ourselves, right? So this is, I think, the interest of prayer too, is that we can only really come to know ourselves in Christ and that he teaches us who we are. And so through prayer, we both come to know more and more who God is and more and more Mm. uh, who we are. All right. What about the best time of day to pray? Yeah, I mean, there are key moments, I think, and everybody is different. And I think, you know, you're talking to a Jesuit, so we like to privilege adaptability and flexibility and praying in daily life. I don't think there's an one size fits all answer to that question. But certainly I think marking certain key moments like getting up in the morning, like going to bed in the afternoon and then taking going some, to bed in the going afternoon? to bed in the afternoon, going to bed rather in the evening. <laughs> See, this is what happens. I've been in France for, for three years where everybody does go to bed uh, after lunch. Like they uh, take a little, a little siesta. power nap? Yeah, a little siesta. Siesta, as we would okay, say. Okay, so yeah. in Spain it's siesta. And in France, France it's siesta. Siesta. And yeah. in America, it's, it's you're nap. lazy? Yeah, right. oh, exactly. Okay. Yes. So, no, morning, evening, and then sometime throughout the day to pause and place ourselves in God's presence. And and this is where the 
the Jesuit examen comes in handy. Perhaps we'll uh, we'll come back to that later. But mm-hmm. and certainly Mass, of course, is is the is the key moment for me as a Jesuit. I think for us as Christians. But you know, it's like anything. We got to sort of see what works for us. I mean, some mm-hmm. people say, "Father, I just can't pray in the mornings." You know, and it's like, okay, well. So what about people who say, "Look, Father Norton, every time I start to pray, I just fall asleep." I mean. I pray at the end of the night, and I'm tired, and I lay down on my bed, and my lights are off. Right. And Imagine that. It's like, yeah. what could be the problem? Right, right. Well, you know, I think a good thing to remember, too, is somewhere else in the Psalms, the Lord, what is, what do we got? The Lord pours blessings on his beloved as they slumber, right? So, uh, but we know that we also want to be praying uh, while we are conscious and awake at times, too. Uh, and so that's where not building the entirety of our prayer life upon the vertical position in which we find ourselves in bed, uh, or rather vertical. horizontal. See, this is what happens. I've gone <laughs> abroad and everything has gotten turned upside down. So you're telling me in right. France, you take a nap in the afternoon, afternoon standing, standing up. up. That's basically what I'm saying. Uh, we're not really going to publish this, are we? <laughs> oh, I'm afraid so. Uh, so building other times into our schedule. Because, uh, yeah, there's something to be said about giving God our best. Right. Like even our attention and consciousness. Absolutely. Right. It's always important in prayer to remember that it's a relationship like other relationships, right? And so if we always... God is a person. Right. Not just a force or some being. Yes. And so if we're always, you know, imagine a relationship and, and between friends, siblings, or spouses where that person always gets the last drops of energy that we have at the end of the day. And, yeah. and it's going to be hard for that relationship to grow. Now, if it's someone who really knows and loves us, as God does, God's going to understand that and always be there. But if we really want to nurture and foster that relationship, to move forward in that relationship, then we want to find quality time uh, throughout the day in our best waking hours where we mm-hmm. can where we can really invest uh, more deeply in that relationship and i think that's how prayer works so we'll sum this up is there a best time to pray with a bunch of contradictory answers so is there a best time to pray no because there's no one time that's best for everyone correct Yet, i think is there a best time to pray yes Whatever is best for you. Well, now you're beginning to really sound like a Jesuit, actually. This is good. And and then there's also some times that are sort of specially marked out, like noon, Angelus, Mm -hmm. or 3 p.m., Chapter 5 Mercy, Hour of Mercy. Right. But then another answer, yet another answer to what is the best time to pray is now. Now. Yes. Let me ask you a question. This just, just popped in my head. Thomas Merton once said uh, different times in his life he felt like he was praying to a leaden sky. Hmm. The sky was just thick lead and Hmm. his prayers couldn't get through. You ever felt like that? Uh, Yeah, sure. That's a pretty poignant image. I've never heard that. But yeah, sure. I have felt like that. I imagine we all have. St. Ignatius talks about this in uh, his rules for discernment that at times we can feel what he calls desolate where we can feel like God is far from us. We can feel tepid, lukewarm, uh, no appetite for things spiritual, uh, like God is very far, and just that the things of the Spirit are very difficult. And he says that sometimes God, sometimes that happens because of our own laziness, because we're just not, it's you know, we're not doing anything in our spiritual life. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we try to, it's like, wow, this is really hard. And then we mm-hmm. get discouraged. 
Other times it's because God is testing us, Ignatius says, to mm-hmm. see if we will persevere in prayer mm-hmm. and loving prayer, even mm-hmm. in the face of that leaden sky. Mm-hmm. And then other times Ignatius says, and this is related, but he is teaching us. God is teaching us in those moments that that we are not the masters of prayer, uh, that we can't control prayer. That, it's and not that, like a vending machine. Exactly. So I like to call those the three T's, uh, why we sometimes find ourselves in desolation and prayer based upon Ignatius's rule for discernment. There's tepidity. We're kind of lethargic in, in our spiritual lives. We're going through a lethargic sort of inactive or lazy period in our mm-hmm. spiritual lives. You're like trying to get off the couch if you've never ran before exactly. and just trying to run five right. miles. Exactly. So tepidity testing and teaching. You know, I think those those are the three reasons for which Ignatius uh, explains to us that we can find ourselves in desolation. But to perseverance, I think, is, is always the key word in prayer. Right? Yeah. And that's where praying yeah. now is is always the call. Yeah, St. Teresa of Avila has a, has a line she's sometimes depicted with even in iconography that is, God will not refuse himself hmm. to he who perseveres. Yeah. But that's tough. Mm-hmm. But that's part of God sort of divorcing us from our addiction to feelings. Right. That and, if, if, right. if I'm praying and I'm feeling good about it, well, then God right. is real and God is present. Mm-hmm. But if I'm praying and I don't have any nice feelings sure. or spiritual insights or consolations, I don't feel right. like I discovered something, then is God real? Is God here? Right. Of course. Of course he is. Right. All right, what about this? What is right with this statement and what's wrong with this statement? All right, here we go. You're sounding hey, more and more like a Jesuit with every single question. I'm just trying to yeah. This is good. S- explore things that aren't straightforward because <laughs> life is not straightforward. This is true. It is complicated. This is true. All right, what if someone says, "Listen, I don't sit down and pray at this time at that. I mean, my life is my prayer." Ah. What's right about that? What's possibly risky about that. Sure. Well, what's right about it is it's beautiful and it's true. I mean, our lives are meant to become a a living offering to the living God. Uh, And this is what happens. Certainly we see it in the lives of the saints that everything they say and do, every thought, uh, every action redounds to God's greater glory. So that's what's right. That's what's right about it. Absolutely. What's a little risky? I mean, prayer is, uh, how do we get there? How do we get to that point where our life becomes a living offering? I think it's it's through personal time and prayer. Um, you know, St. Paul tells us re- repeatedly in his letters that we are to pray always. And I think that's what we're getting at. That's what's mm-hmm. right about that. But in order to pray always, we need to be praying sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need to be we need to be sitting down, closing our doors in our bedrooms, as, as Jesus encouraged us to do in the Sermon on the Mount, and praying to our Heavenly Father who sees in secret. Um, when it's clear and it's explicit yeah, and it's obvious. Absolutely. So that at the end of the day, if you look back across the past 24 hours and say, did I pray today? Right. If you're not making it a point to do a specific, some specific prayer time right. at some specific point, then then you could just sort of let yourself off the hook and say, yeah, well, I was a good person today. So, right. yeah, my life was my prayer. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. Give us a quick few words on finding the balance between these different types of prayer. Okay. okay. Formal and informal. So there's like the structured versus yeah, spontaneous. Yeah. Right. And there's praying with other people's words. Sure. Meaning, you know, formulaic prayers. And then balancing that with praying with my own words. Right. 
That's a great question. Uh, and I think it really is a balance. You know, all of us, we learn how to pray with and from other people, right? So the first prayers that we have probably learned, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, the prayers of the Mass, we learn how to pray uh, in community. But then, of course, prayer is also that intimate heart-to-heart. And so each one of us, I think, is is encouraged and invited. And I think what God wants for us is that each one of us find uh, a language of prayer that is unique and and uh, special between us and God, and that those prayers are spontaneous and personal and and not necessarily scripted, right? What about the balance between public prayer, private prayer? Mm-hmm. It seems pretty straightforward, but sometimes it seems like it would be easy to fall into. I'm just going to mass on Sundays, and I, I let right. that be my prayer, and it's or, just the pop, just the public stuff. Right. Or or I, I don't need to go to mass on Sundays or ever because I can pray to God in my in my house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And again, I mean, I think it's it's striking that balance where you know we're never Christians alone, and so we belong to God. We also belong to a people, and so our prayer is at once and always and everywhere, both both public and communal. And then also private and personal. Personal prayer, private prayer is meant to lead us back to the community. The community is meant to lead us back into our private prayer. And so daily or weekly mass certainly is sort of the touch point for us as the people of God. And then that's really meant to launch us then throughout the week. And so it's always like so many things, Tommy, it's it's that Catholic both and and to integrate uh, these these polarities in our lives. What role does the body play when we pray? So the body can affect us spiritually in a negative way, or it can do so in a positive way. I'm thinking about prayer postures and how they can help focus our Mm -hmm. mind and focus our spirit, whether it's kneeling. I'm sure a lot of folks have never tried praying with your hand, just their palms Mm -hmm. out just mm-hmm. up towards the sky in a sure. position of acceptance and surrender or mm-hmm. hands up in the air. And sure. I know that yeah. isn't something a lot of folks would do at mass, but even at home yeah. when no one else is around praying like that or praying with your arms completely outstretched, like on a crucifix. Mm-hmm. I know in St. Faustina's diary, she, I don't know if Jesus asked her to do this or not. I think so. But he said, will you pray the Chapel of Divine Mercy with your arms outstretched? Hmm. And I've read that and I've I've tried that. I've done that before. And it is awesome. Yeah. Because it hurts. Yeah. Like, even if it's only seven, eight, nine minute prayer, mm-hmm. you know, and I've done it with the rosary too, which is longer and that really hurts. But man, I am focused. Yeah. You know, I'm like sweating because right. I'm holding, and I got long arms. So the right. torque. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. so it hurts. Yeah. And it's sure. not like I exercise much, so it hurts the shoulders, but right. it's just saying, okay. You're working really... the core at the same <laughs> time as you, right? Yeah. Well, it's bringing everything about me right. into prayer. It's sure. not just a mind thing. Absolutely. It's it's all together. Yeah. And uh, so experiment with some of those different postures, even laying down flat on your face in just total surrender. Yeah. You know, that's... Sure. Depicted in the Bible several times. St. Dominic, founder of the Dominicans, and you know, of course, it's not every day that a Jesuit is going to quote a Dominican, certainly not on prayer, but of course, he is a good and holy man and a great model for all of us. And I'm pretty sure 
somewhere along the line, somewhere along the way, I, I ran across this that he had. He was very big on those different prayer postures, Saint Dominic, and encouraged the Dominican friars and sisters to to try them uh, themselves to integrate them into uh, their life of prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, the the arms up, the arms out, prostrate on the knees, et cetera, et cetera, standing up. And insofar as uh, a prayer method uh, or a prayer posture is helpful to us in our life of prayer, to go there and to and to deepen that practice. And like anything, it might be that after a certain period of time, it's like if all we did was work out uh, the biceps, you know, okay, well, we might want to try you know, another mm-hmm. uh, part of the body to make sure we're getting the triceps in and the and the shoulders too. So, you know, after a certain period of time, maybe, okay, you want to experiment with something else. But to not be afraid, as you're saying, Tommy, to, uh, to, to experiment in life of prayer, to try out different, different postures, different methods, and to see what works for us and not to be afraid to rest there and to go deeper once we realize uh, how close uh, God is. Is there a a Jesuit way to pray? There are certainly some practices that are near and dear to us in the Society of Jesus and, and for those who know and love Ignatian spirituality. You know, the first one I would say is the examine. And uh, it's the prayer that Ignatius says, whatever else has to go in terms of your daily personal prayer life, mm-hmm. don't lose sight of this. Uh, yeah. And I think this is the appeal of Ignatian spirituality. It's kind of practical and kind of for it's it's well made for folks who are busy folks who are in the world so it goes like this i mean just the french have simplified it typically in the states if you look up these resources online you'll find the five-step examine uh, that we place ourselves in god's presence we enter into prayer and then we review our day uh, or we, we review from the last time we did an examine, uh, asking for the grace to see God's presence, uh, God's labor, God's love. How has God been at work? What are the graces that I've uh, received? What are the graces perhaps that I've squandered? Where was I um, attentive and attuned uh, to God? Where, did I, where and how did I cooperate with God? And then also asking for the grace to see, yes, where have I been unfaithful? Where do I need to ask for forgiveness uh, from God, from other people? And then the last step would be asking for the grace uh, to move forward, uh, looking ahead. Okay, what do I have coming up this afternoon, coming up tomorrow? What meetings, what appointments? What am I nervous about? What do I need help with? Uh, asking for the grace that I need and desire. So those are the steps. You'll find them in different iterations. The French sort of reduce this to three words, uh, three steps. I think kind of does sum it up. What do they say? Um, rinse, repeat. <laughs> right, no. rinse, repeat. Yeah, uh, wash. No. So it's uh, merci, pardon, s'il te plaît. Thank you, forgive me, please. In English. It's not quite as eloquent in English, but yeah. merci, pardon, s'il te plaît. Thank you, uh, forgive me, and please help me. And, you know, like it's a, it, yeah, it's beautiful. And, 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 you know, I love the their, their nomenclature for it again, because examine sounds so sort of like mathematical. It's like, is God going to quiz me here? You know, mm-hmm. like with this, is this an examination? Formula. Right. And, and I think the, our French brothers, they have been wise 
especially because there's a play on words in, in French. So alliance, it's the word of the, it's the word, it's this alliance in English, right? But that's the word that is used for the covenant. It's also the word that is used. It's what you put on your spouse's finger. Alliance also refers to the ring, the wedding ring. In, in, uh, so in, in a marriage, there's the blessing of the alliance, uh, the wedding rings. So it reminds us that, that this prayer, it's not a. It's not a formula. It's not math. Uh, we're entering it back mm. into the heart of our covenant relationship with God, and it's as easy and as simple as three words: merci, pardon, s'il te plaît, uh, thank you, uh, forgive me, and please help me. I mean, in many ways, I think that those those can be the columns, as it were, three columns of our spiritual life. Because people often say, Tommy, is I don't know what to say to God mm-hmm. in prayer. What do I say? How do I begin? If prayer is, in essence, this dialogue with God, how do I begin to know how to pray? And the disciples, right, they come to Jesus and they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. We're always in the process of learning how to pray. And it's the Holy Spirit who teaches us how to do that, of course. Mm-hmm. But I, leaning on certain key words, right, and rereading. The other big word that the, the French Jesuits use is relecture, or rereading. This rereading that we're continually called to of our lives, of our days, so that we can see how and where he's moving and what he's asking of us. Well, I will be sure and clean off the microphone after this because of all your... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, But I really love that. The thank you, forgive me, and please help me. That is a good, nice formula. We'd be remiss if we didn't quickly mention the classical formulations of... The, the types of prayer and the levels of prayer. We're not going to get into it because it's its huge own thing, but we do have a lot of resources on sure. Formed. So if you have not signed up for Formed yet, go to basilthegreat.formed.org. And I know there's a uh, an audio talk there about an hour called The Three Stages of the Interior Life. And listen to that. They will mention the purgative, illuminative, and unitive. And this is our roadmap. Every one of us. And we have to make our way down this road to where we're rooting out the evil in our lives, to where the Holy Spirit is illuminating those places where we can move from merely following the Ten Commandments to really living the Beatitudes. Mm -hmm. And then the transforming union, which is the whole point of life, the whole point of heaven, the whole point of your job, the point of your family, the point of this podcast is union with God, to be one with him. So those three stages of the spiritual life, look something up on those. And there are also three different types of prayer, vocal prayer, meditative prayer, and contemplative prayer. Vocal prayer being with words, meditative prayer being meditating in our minds about an aspect of the spiritual life or something from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then contemplation, which eventually gets to the point beyond words, beyond mm-hmm. images, right. that we don't even start or initiate. But sure. God eventually, in our spiritual life at this point, infuses into us mm-hmm. the awareness of his presence sure, and the enjoyment of that and the peace that we rest in, where mm-hmm. there are no thoughts, there are no images. It sort of goes past that. And Ignatius has a has sort of... A, he gives us a slightly different take on that word contemplation. Uh, these exercises are a series of, I mean, basically, you pray with the scriptures. I know it sounds so revolutionary, right? Pray, with, especially with the gospels. 
with the idea of really entering into the gospel scenes and becoming not just eyewitnesses, but participants in the drama of salvation. And so we're really trying to appropriate for ourselves the movements of Scripture, the scenes of Scripture, so that we've lived them. What it helps us realize is that the Gospels were not just for yesterday, they're for today. And he works distinctly and uniquely in each one of our lives. And so if you do that contemplation and if I do it, we'll have probably very different experiences. Mm -hmm. But God will touch and console us and challenge us too in different ways. And so some people will also say, though, you know, Father, I just... I have a terrible imagination, so I can't access that kind of prayer because it is a—it's a very visual kind of mm-hmm. prayer, as as I as I have just described it. And some people, it's a whole world opens up uh, in their interior life and in their imagination. Um, but I think it's important to remember too that even with this method of prayer, this Ignatian contemplation, where we're really trying to enter into the scenes and to live the scenes of the gospel ourselves. That the heart of this prayer is is not so much the images that we have in our minds, but it's the heart-to-heart conversation with God. In, in imagining and meditating, contemplating those Bible stories, don't mm-hmm. put limits on it. Right. Because some folks would would just never say, who am I in this story? Right. I'm Jesus Christ. But sometimes you have to imagine yourself as Jesus yeah. in those stories. And don't even limit it to being a person. Uh, I remember one priest telling me he just had a, an amazing meditation wedding at Cana, and he was not a person. He was a jug of water hmm. oh, wow. and then changed into the choicest yeah. wine. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have time to get into those other beautiful parts of tradition like the rosary, but that should certainly have a have a role in our lives. Mary, just twice in the last century, has come and said, Hey, pray this every day, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, right. in approved Marian apparitions. And then, of course, Eucharistic adoration. We're real lucky to have a chapel here at St. Basil. Sure. Uh, you can find the whole schedule because it changes. You can find the schedule on our website. Yeah. Well, we talked about times. We talked about postures. We talked about methods, formal, informal, public, private, all this kind of stuff. But the most important thing about prayer is do it. Right. Do not worry about. Just do am, it. Am I, is it the right posture? Is this right. the right place? Is this blah, blah, right time? Yeah. Just the most important thing is that it gets done. And okay. we're always learning how to pray our whole lives. And we're all amateurs. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Father Brian. We've been so lucky to have you here for this past month right after you were ordained. And if you could, in a moment, give us your priestly blessing, myself and all of our listeners. But first, I just want to say, if you're listening on iTunes or a podcast app, please give us a rating. You know, if you rate us five stars, then we show up sooner and higher in search results. So more people will find this podcast and the great homilies that we have and the amazing interviews that we have. So... If you could rate us in iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, that would be greatly appreciated. That would be a little way of helping helping spread the gospel. And certainly share these sort of posts on any social media that you have. Follow the church page and follow the posts about these episodes so more people can hear them. Great. Blessing. So we'll do a solemn blessing here to the Holy Spirit. So there will be three amens. Okay. May the Holy Spirit 
the Comforter console you with every grace and spiritual blessing. Amen. May the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, defend you in times of darkness and give you hope in times of trial. Amen. And may the Holy Spirit, a source of all light, enkindle in your hearts an ever deeper love for Christ and his church. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.